pricing. It's only worth what someone's prepared to pay and you are prepared to accept. Yeah, and that yeah. changes every day. Absolutely. Like yeah. today it could be 500. February, with if the interest rates come down, it might be 550. Going one, going quiet, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod. All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host, Aaron Horn, and it's been a while between episodes. We apologise that we haven't been at the mics. Uh, there's been a few, I guess, health-related issues that have, have um, halted me from being in, but um, school holidays, people have been away. We've made it back in the studio, so welcome back to The Property Pod. I'm here with real estate agents John McGregor and Patrick Berry. Welcome back, boys. Thank you, mate. Woo! Welcome back. We're back. Thank you. Yes, it's been rough. It's been quite a little clip of time here. I had a, a pregnant partner with Vertigo who we were trying to navigate through and then boys getting sick and other boys falling off benches and so it's been... It's been a red hot minute. It's been a ride. It's been, mm, a, ride. It's been yeah. a ride. Be a parent, they said. And, and you're the glue that holds this team together, so John and I <laughs> yeah, just yeah. don't turn up. We're <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys uh, waiting around for me and not uh, setting out some rogue recordings. But um, Oh, we looked at replacing you, but it was just too hard. Too difficult? Fair enough, yeah. No, we got you back. Like, it's like when Paul Walker left um, the... Fast and well, he didn't really leave, did he? <laughs> no. That's a rough well, reference. Oh, no, <laughs> but Jeremy Clarkson got kicked off Top Gear. There you go, there exactly. You go. Oh, well, that one. And then you, you're the James May and yeah. um, Richard Hammond. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we brought it around. We were talking supercars before the show, so we're, yeah, that works. we're right in the heat of things. Uh, what's been happening in the world of real estate? What's going on out there? Let's not all Whoa. jump in at once. <laughs> um, it's been an interesting 30 days. That's just... Probably the best way to put it, I yep. reckon. Mm. Uh, the market was definitely cooled off over those winter sort of months. It's been a little bit on the quieter side, but I think there's signs that it's starting to pick back up a little bit. A few well, more listings the, coming through. The, the the one that got was interesting is that the big four are listing their forecasts for changes of interest rates. Yes, I think I saw. hopefully like to expect an, uh, an adjustment. Whether or not that's, that actually happens, who knows. But, yep. um, yeah, PropTrack put out an article actually last night referencing that, and yeah, they're yeah. predicting by... January, February, March next year, we'll start to see the cash rate come down and interest rates come down. So NAB and CBA are predicting as low as 3% by sort of January, February next year. Which is so, with you know, with that information then, what would that mean for people? Are they going to be like, well, I get in now and pay the high interest rates so that I'm not in more competition or do, you, do they wait until that's like more affordable? Which would be really interesting to see what's playing on people's minds and looking to buy now. Well, it's exactly right. Depends how you look at it because some mm. people are suggesting now is the perfect time to get in because, you know, let's buy why there's not as many people. Yep. Yeah, but do you think... You know, a two percent drop is going to be enough for it to boom back up. I guess time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah, well, it's a, it's an interesting idea, as you say, because as soon as John mentioned like um, February sort of thing, I'm like, oh, okay. So you got to just bide your time out until February, and then you can start playing the game again. Yeah. But then again, if you're thinking forward, you're like, oh no, I beat the rush and I get in and I do yeah, pay a little extra premium on the interest until it drops down. So yeah, depending on how you play the game. It, it's so interesting when you look at this graph. I don't know if you've had a look at the jump, but mm. we'll get you a copy, Aaron, to put into the notes. I'll pop it up. It's just like straight up yeah, yeah. and then straight insane, down. Insane. And then- <laughs> it's just so unique because like if you were to look back over the years, it's just been such a constant sort of level. Yeah. And then it's just this extreme rise and now it's almost predicting almost somewhat an extreme drop to a degree. Well, if we, it goes to show then the that – 
short-term medicine, you could say, during after COVID. We just we need to make people to start spending money. Yeah, yeah. Is that necessarily a good thing? Because there's well, always... it's just bubbled this problem to now. There's always pain that has to, the, you know, the pain resurfaces, you know. like I, I guess it's that tricky thing as well as like as each time the interest rates were rising, everyone's like, come on, we've got to have reached the top now. Like it's got to have like worked itself out. There would have to be algorithms and things in place where they know like, no, we've got to keep writing this out this little bit longer before we start heading down the mountain. So one of the things I was, I can't remember if it was the MyState Bank CEO or uh, I think it was MyState I was talking to. Yep. Don't quote me on it. but um, Well, you're on a podcast, so we'll, we'll be quoting. Well, I talked to a CEO of a bank recently. Gotcha. It's Tasmanian Bank, but I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> <laughs> and he was basically saying that the reason why the interest rates haven't worked, like the increases haven't curbed spending, is because while they were dropping all those years dramatically, the people that owned homes in that length of time, yeah. they didn't actually drop their repayments. They left the repayments at the same level, yep. even though the interest rates were going down. So they're so paying more off the principal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they actually built up a bit of a buffer. So over the last year, why it's been raising dramatically, a lot of people actually had 18, 20 months worth of buffer in them. Yep. So their spending habits didn't have to change because all they were doing was absorbing that that yeah. extra principal they paid off. Getting more equity in there. Yeah. So he said to me that the biggest thing that he notices if interest rates are working or not is on a Friday or a the Saturday night, how many restaurants are full when he goes out. Mm. So if he's still driving down the street and every restaurant is full, yeah, yeah, it means there's more pain coming because there's too many people that have expendable cash to be able to go out still and enjoy. Yeah. And means it hasn't done its job yet. And he thinks that the biggest problem that we had was for so long. It kept going down, but people were able to just continue. build a safety net into their yeah. own, which um, is great. That's what people should be doing. Yeah. Um, but it means that the people that have been really suffering are the ones that bought over the last 24, 36 months. Yeah. They're yeah. the ones that have really struggled because yeah. they didn't have that safety net or that buffer to be able to absorb that that increase. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's generally those people that are at the beginning of their, you know, wealth building journey, mm. not those at the end. Yeah. Now it's just like, I know it's, Sounds pessimistic, the idea of that wealth gap element, but it does make sense in some degree. Because yeah, so it's, it's sort yeah. of anything from that 2017 mark onwards, people that bought before were pretty good. But laughing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, after that, they're the ones that were struggling a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, look, and I, I know like with us now with two mortgages at the minute, um, like that's really painful just because of the the timing, you know. So, um, but so any relief that'll happen over the next couple of years will make a big difference just on those those weekly changes. Um Throughout, mm. like day to day, yeah, yeah, over the course of you know twelve months when you're sending your budgets, um, so yeah, well, I, I, I welcome any relief in that sense. Yeah. The only other thought I had, I guess, is that people will always, um, you know, assume that things are bad when you, when prices aren't going up. Generally speaking, because it's that the, oh, the market's tank and everything's going bad. It's like just because the people's assets are you know losing somewhat value. So it's an odd um, idea sometimes where if it's not going up, it's not good. Mm. You know, um, but is it necessarily? I guess from us as an agent's perspective and a transactional one, for me, I'm more I'm more so interested in what's moving in the market. Yeah, know? okay. Because as a as a practitioner, I know it sounds selfish, but we we our our business is built on transactions, not on wealth growth in that respect. Yeah, sure. So because obviously our business is only going to get paid when we sell a house. Sells, not necessarily if people make money. You know, and I I don't know that that's not meant to make. You sound greedy, or I think um, I think what you're trying to get at is people need to probably know that it doesn't matter if 
your property is increasing in value. If you buy and sell in the same market, all you're doing is stepping sideways. Yeah, that, yeah, so that makes sense. that allows you to, like, people need to understand that, you know, if you want to look at it, yes, your property has dropped by 20 or 30% over the last 18 months. Mm. No denying. But any house that you buy has Would also have dropped had that the same drop amount. as well. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't really have that big effect. So yeah, you just yeah. need to remind yourself of that, that, you know, if you still need to sell because you need different circumstances with family or different mm. things happening, then as long as you buy and sell in the same market, you're fine. Yeah. yeah. The people that get stuck are the ones that sell in the good market, oh, in selling like a market like now, mm. but then rent for 12, 18 months and don't buy until it's too late and the market shifted yeah, yep, and they've lost that opportunity. So yeah. that's what I think you just need to be careful of if you're selling is just buy and sell in the same market. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, sell why it's good and buy why it's cheap if you can get away with it. Because then you do really well, but, you know, you have to crystal ball that. And yeah, that's yeah, a hard one yeah. to do. Very few people that, like, guess that um, because they knew what to do. Most of the time we just get lucky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> While you guys were kind of talking about that, it, it got me thinking I was working through some collateral during this week um, for, for Azra and yourself and, and for the company. though. There was this section in it about being like on the market or in the market. And as you guys were kept talking about, you know, you're in this market or in that market, are you able to kind of break down this on the market and in the market idea for me? Like yeah, yeah. there was these cool little graphs that were kind of saying how much interest you'd get. And I was like, I'd love to, the boys to tell me more about this. So how, how I reference that is I'll use it as a dartboard. So imagine that you, you can throw a dart on a dartboard and you hit the boundary and you get no points. Which sounds pretty standard exactly. for you. Every time I've played darts with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I never win. But I'm on the board. So I, I, I got the board. Did you get any points? No. So the thing is, is that you could list your, let's just assume a property's worth 500 grand. It'll sell for that every day of the week. Yep. Now you could put it on the market and advertise it for a million bucks. And it's like, twi- you know, it's advertised for twice its value. No one's going to nibble because they're looking at their house going, Man, he's insane. Did you say nipple or nibble? Nibble. <laughs> hey, I'll say nipple. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, okay. I got nipples for days. <laughs> so you're on the market. You're advertising it. But, but no one's interested. No one's interested. Yep. So, that you, so you, you keep using that dartboard analogy and then you throw the dart and it hits the bullseye. So that's where you get your 50 points in darts. I think that's right, is it? Um you're telling this story, yeah. mate. Know your references but, before you bring them up. Uh, but if, if I just took away the dartboard and the points, or if I just used the dartboard without the points. Um, but the thing is then is that then, okay, you throw the dart, hits the bullseye. So that in the referencing that as the to be in the market, well, that means, okay, we assume this house is worth $500,000. It's going to sell for that every day of the week. It's advertised for $500,000. And so therefore everyone that's looking is going, okay, that's a good buy. Let's inquire. Let's grab it. Yep. So that's the reference to say it's in the market. It's in the price point and, uh, and a presentation where the buyers are at how the, and how they go, they're actually going to buy it. So that's that thing where um, if you advertise too high – Yes, you're in the market. Sorry. Um, yes, you're on the market. It's being advertised, but it's not going to sell. So okay. Say hypothetically, we're in the middle of the dartboard. Yep. So, you know, we're not quite in the market and we're not too far over. So, what happens in that scenario? Well, I would see it as if you are relying exclusively on just advertising on a website, hoping that someone's going to nibble, probably not going to happen. But you can. That's when the skill or you know working with a sales agent mm. can help because look, okay, we know 
come and have a look at this one anyway because it may just be outside your budget or it might just be a little bit above and there's some yeah. room for negotiation there. So um, it could result in showings that lead to nothing as well to a degree though if you're just yeah. that little bit too high. So yeah. it's the way to get it sold is to to be right there in the, the price that people are in. That's right. So the little the example that was in this collateral that you guys were putting together that I, I was looking through these graphs, basically you had um, kind of plus 10% over market value mm. and the graph was bare. It was naked. Yeah. It was like you'd thrown the dart and it had landed in the beer on the other side of the room. No. No interest, no people coming to look at the property. So your $500,000 property has been priced above 10% over what the market value of it is Yeah, and it is getting no zero interest. interest. Yeah, In that range then on the next graph was 5 to 10% above market value and the there was a little – graph that was saying, yep, you might get some market interest, mm. but no offers. Mm. Am I like on the right track here? Like, yeah. I, I'm yeah, so that's exactly what John's describing Yeah, is that, you know, you'll get people look at it. You might get some people come to the open home because they're like, oh, let's go have a look at it. But they have no intention of paying that price for it. So one of two things is going to happen. They're going to, you know, walk away and say that person's dreaming. They're not going to get that for it. Mm. Or they might lowball you with a, a lower offer to where they think in the market is. Okay, yep. Um, or... You know, it might just be a situation where John's describing where we have to massage the two buyer and the, the, the seller together. So, you know, they don't necessarily inquire about that property because it is too dear and they're like, well, that's not right. But John's been a great agent and he convinces them, you should really look at this. I think it's going to tick the boxes. Yep. But it might just mean that little bit of massaging to, to get them to accept 5% over what the market value is yep and then the vendor is like oh well i could probably live with that five percent over and then we end up with the happy medium between yeah, the two and you're able to bring a deal yeah bring a deal together so stuff does happen in that five to ten percent range but it's a lot less and so yeah the other the other factor on this graph was kind of like a time um access sort of thing so it was like you might be getting the interest in this time so i guess it depends on how quickly you want to sell like you could mm. sit at five to ten percent above if you've got time is mm. that well, that's that's the um, there's a time, there's a price. There's a price, there's, price, a, time. there's a time. I've yeah. heard that one. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's the idea. Well, okay, it's not worth what you're asking for, which is temp. It's you're advertising for ten percent above the market today. If you've got three to five years to wait, cool. You'll probably eventually get that. But if you want to shift it in the next thirty days, this is the price where the market is right now. Yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't think about shifting markets and like we were talking about before, like things won't be changing. So your price could be worth. You could be right in the market with the right price today, mm. but come February when the interest rates change, not there anymore. Not there anymore. Your your dartboard's moved. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. Okay, yeah, and that's the problem with pricing. It's only worth what someone's prepared to pay, and you are prepared to accept. Yeah. and that changes every day. Absolutely. Like yeah. today, it could be five hundred. February, with if the interest rates come down, it might be five fifty. Yeah, but mm. we don't know that, and so that's why it and always pays to kind of if you get an appraisal and you don't list straight away. Update. Update your appraisal or yeah. find out later. Like if you are checking back in six months later, yeah. it's and not – you could find a different result. 100%. And the beauty is people get scared by appraisals like, you know, oh, I don't want to sit down with the agent. They're going to try and make me list a home for sale. Like be upfront and say, look, you came to my house six months ago. I just want to get an updated price. Haven't done anything more to it. Most agents, they don't want to waste their time either. Yeah. So they're probably happy to say – are you happy with me just to do some online research and then I can give you an idea via email or over the phone? I was going to say I've got an even easier way. You don't yeah. even have to talk to the agent. Yeah. Go to our website, go to 414.com.au. There's like a big banner right at the front. It says, what is my property worth? Mm. Pop your address in. Done. 
Pat's looking at me like, yeah. And then I'm thinking, <laughs> we promise we won't spam you that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you might get a, a few emails from us, but it is a service that is really good on our site. It gives Look, you an idea, but don't take it as no. Well, as I was going to say, it's not like fully accurate, but it gives you an idea of like, oh, I thought we were sitting in this area, and that's using up to date data that's mm. coming through. So it's not like six months ago or six months ago, if you checked, you could be like, I wonder if things have moved. So the important mm. thing about our website, if you use our AutoVal tool, is you'll see there is a confidence meter there. Imagine it as a red to green line. Um, so red, orange, green line. Yep. If the meter is sort of at full pelt round all the way up to the top of green, yep. then it must be highly confident that that's what you're going to get for that price. And the reason it can be confident is there's been some recent sales close by that are very similar in size, quality, style. Yep. So it's got reference points to say, yes, this home should sell. For We're confident thing. that this is what market in here. it's orange or red, then don't take a lot of value in that report. Okay. So it's still good to give you a ballpark, but you really need someone like John or myself or one of the team members to come and confirm it for you because yep. all it's doing is giving you an idea. Yep. Um, so if you don't get green, it's good for an, a reference point, but don't like, you know, base all your financial decisions well, on it. <laughs> I, I had an email from a guy who I met him when he, he did work experience with me for a week and he's always stayed in contact about his house, his mum's house, uh, and he's looking to buy another one and who is using the um, one of those desktop what? reports as an idea of trying to gauge value on it. And I, and I, I said exactly what you described then, is it be careful not to place too much stock in it because mm. there's a it can, you know, vary in a big way. And the, the, we've got a case study for that, which was that uh, company in America, Zillow, where they had a they had a, um, a basically a trading platform. Yeah, where you could they would buy your house based off the the data with the intention that then they'd their uh, patented zestimates. I think zestimates. they're called. <laughs> and man, they lost billions. Yeah, because the thing is about real estate is it, it's such a you know it's not like the red book with cars where it's much easier to probably fluctuate those small details. Yeah, you know value in real estate gets measured down to the right to the street level, right to the front door. So when it was when they just relied on those those data um, the those data reports to try and build in this platform, man they they got they got smashed. <laughs> yeah, so smashed. Yeah, the one we use key takeaways to know is like if you haven't sold the house for 10, 20 years, it's probably going to spit out a pretty inaccurate report because it knows nothing about the house. Yeah, yeah. But if you bought it in the last five to eight years, there's a pretty good chance that it has already recorded information from last time you sold it. So it knows how many beds, how many bathrooms. It's got all the past photos of what your house looked like. It knows how big your property is. Because us as agents, when we sold it to you, we put all that information online to to help sell it. So it kept all that information. So yeah, you okay. Can use that information to figure mm. out a price. So you've done your renovations and stuff. There's so use my house for example. I've so it would I've changed you a it. terrible idea. Yeah, because it, it's not going to know the extra work you've done to the yeah, home. Okay, it's only going to know at that moment in time when that it's you a bought three bedroom it in home. 2017, yeah. 2018. So it's only going to know what you had at that point in time. And it's going to use what the house looked like then and compare it to homes today. Yeah, that match that same criteria. Well, it happened we personally, like with mine, the what the the property had said five hundred thousand on the desktop report, um, but obviously we'd done renovations. So once we'd had the value of visit the property, well then it was five eighty. 
Because must have been good renovations, John. That's right. You must be a good man on the tools. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm good at not doing the tools. <laughs> that's why it's 5 yeah, he's people. Got good, he's got good so, people but, in his corner, baby. But that's the thing. If I was to exclusively, exclusively rely on that report, well, in theory, I'd be undervaluing the property. Um, but now, if, if we were to ever sell again, um, it'll have all those all those factors taken into, like you said, you know. Mm. Um, so, that, but they are, they're 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 useful. They're good to start conversations too, and we'll we we'll send them out on a daily basis. That thing will, um, and people will quickly determine whether or not it's you know we'll, we'll hear back very quickly whether or not it's actually any good for them. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've had some people tell me when I've sent them through what they really think about. Yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and I always preface it in the email. This is just an estimation by a third-party supplier. This is not my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's their opinion. I'll, I'll make sure I include a link to who they are. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, obviously that that is um, a bit of danger because it is on our side. It does look like it's mm. from us, yep. but it is not. It's from CoreLogic, which is a very reputable data company. That's why yep. we chose to. Oh, 100%. Them, yeah. They can only tell you what they know about you. Yes, yes. So, and and I guess like if you're seriously looking at, at selling, yeah, it might be a good starting off point to find out a pricing guide mm. and then, yeah, pick up that phone or you will probably get an email if you've put your address in. Because yeah. Martin and Sean love to advertise their footy tipping competition to the database. <laughs> <laughs> it's going well. It's going well. Uh, the one thing I wanted to cover off just before we finished on the in the market, on the market and everything was there was a, a good bit of um, of – wording in there that was the opinion on the market may not be kind, but it's never wrong. Mm. Uh, we oh. all say <laughs> we will know if sentence. Yeah, yeah. We will know if sorry, let me say that again. The opinion of the market may not be kind, but it's never wrong. We will know if you have got it right because the market will show up and put offers on your property. So I just thought straight away it was like people could be cranky that they're like, well how come it's not Selling and how it's come not no happening. One came to how come no one came to my open home? And yeah, it's like, yeah. well, yeah. the advice was this is where you're in the market. This is where you're right in it, not just on it. Um, the market is always right at that stage because six months from now it could be it completely changed. Completely changed. Well, well, the thing is that we, we can't twist people's arms to make someone do something they don't want to do, mm. very simply. So you can't force a buyer to pay more than what they want and you can't force a seller to accept less than they need to. Yep. I think um, what I've found over the years is that I will pitch a price to a potential seller and it might be $500,000. let us keep using that scenario. Yep. Yeah. Seller tells me straight away, oh, well, I wouldn't sell it for anything under five fifty. Mm. And as an agent, you've got a pivot point there. You've got a decision to make. You either agree with the seller and say, well, yes, we can trial it and see how we go. Um, as long as you fully explain to them that, you know, it may not happen mm. or you can basically walk away and let someone else take that on. Cause there will be an agent that will just agree with anybody yeah, sure. and say, yes, I think the key thing is whenever I'm faced with that is I'm always happy to agree with the purchaser, with the vendor. Cause sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we, th- we can only figure out what we think it's worth. Like other yeah, people yeah, have different exactly. opinions, yep. but I always make it clear to them that at the end of the day, we need to listen to the feedback and listen to the data. Yeah, sure. So if we run one or two open homes and it doesn't work out, we need to either make the decision to adjust the price to meet the market mm. or we need to make the decision of looking at a different pathway. Yep. Is it, you know, what are you trying to achieve? Is it now the right time to sell? Is it something we rent for a while? Is it, you know, yeah. we need to look at plan B and plan C. But it's very important that that statement is 100% correct. Yeah. Um, what you need to understand is that we don't go out there and we don't come to you to lie to you and just agree with you. 
Um, we will happily try anything well, and to I'm help sure you achieve the best result for you. Yeah. Um, but we always, well, I know John and I do, we always make it very clear to somebody that, you know, our research and our data suggests it's this, mm-hmm. but we're happy to, to try that for you. Yeah, I'm sure there'd be plenty of people out there who like to put their um, boots in and be like, oh, well, they bloody try and um, charge them more and get more for it so that they get extra commission and, yeah. and all that kind of hoo-ha. But like you're saying, like you could, yeah, oh, sweet, yeah, we'll put it on for 550 If it doesn't sell, no one's getting paid. Yeah, so, we don't want to waste our time on a property that yeah, is isn't going to sell, so there's no use putting a crazy-ass price on it. Yeah, pe- exactly. I think as a vendor, you need to remember, we only get paid if we sell the property. Yeah. And the last thing that any agent wants to do is spend months on end trying to sell a home that's not priced correctly. Yeah, yeah. Because we're doing a lot of work, and it is a lot of work. People think we just sit around and do nothing, but we do. Um, it's a lot of work for nothing until we get that successful result. So, Well, and, and that I had... Uh, I was in an appraiser yesterday, and he said, "Oh, look, would you, um, you know, if you if you sell it quickly, will you reduce your commission?" I said, "Well, no, because we get paid by the results, not the time it takes to get that result. Because sometimes you'll have a property that I've got, I'm up to forty plus inspections at the moment, but there was another one where we just signed the paper, transacted, you know, the listing authority and the contract at the same time." Yeah. But I like the analogy. Was I, I, got, I got this from an artist actually, and I think he was a graphic designer at the time. And when he'd negotiate with companies where that say, "Well, oh, but it only took you five minutes to do that logo. I don't want you to pay you that. I don't want to pay you your fee." He's like, well, "Yeah, but it took me twenty years to be able to get to that this level where I could get yeah, yeah. the result you wanted in such a short space of time." And then he said, "Okay, no worries." Would you like us just to wait three months and then I'll deliver you the exact same photo so you feel like you've got your value out of it? Mm, not bad. You know, it's, it's like, oh, no, well, how about you pay the fee and we move on? Yeah, yeah, you don't know, mind so. that. And I guess John's always got a story. He does, he's got crackers, that's well, why we have him. But I guess that, you know, but, but I think people always forget to, they've got the choice to say no, mm. um, you know, and they can always go in a different direction. Yeah, mm. that's exactly right. You've got to do what's best for you. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think the best decision anybody can make when they make the decision to sell is find the agent that they feel the most comfortable with. Yes. Yeah. You're going to know that person straight away. Yeah. It doesn't matter what brand do the agent works for or what marketing they offer. I think the most important thing you can take away is that the person you choose is the one that you connect with yep. and you believe what they're telling you. Like to me, that's the most important. Well, I love that. I think that's a great button to end on. Mm. Mm. Beautiful boys. Well, it was good to be back in the studio. It's been a red hot minute. Yeah, man. Nice to see your face. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. <laughs> My face is adorned with this uh, District B beanie that I, I got yesterday from Taru. What a guy. I love it. What a guy. He, he sucked me in. I came in. I said, oh, I'd love a coffee, mate. Yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah. you should take a beanie too. And I said, I think <laughs> I will. Like, do you know, that'll warm the heart, the coffee, but this will warm the head. Oh, yeah, yeah. If only he'd said that, I would have bought two. I would have bought two. <laughs> all right, boys. Shout out to uh, everyone out there listening. Uh, like, share, subscribe to all those things that we never tell you to do. Uh, this has been The Property Pod. See you later, guys. Bye. You have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Co. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.